one of you can, uh, uh, you know, uh, see the situations uh, where you are in. And the Lord has blessed us with the fellowship. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, beginning from verse number 14 to verse number 18. Together now, let's read this all together, verse number 14 to verse number 18. Ready, read. Do all things without murmuring and disputing, that they may be blessed, the sons of God, without murmuring, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among those who have shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of God, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that my husband run in vain, neither they were in vain. Yea, and if I but a sacrifice and service of faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also be joy, and rejoice with me, our Father in heaven. Let's Lord our um, service this morning. Thank you for bringing us together, and Lord. Um, I pray that you will uh, touch my mouth and touch my lips, and touch the heart of your people, that all of us will. Um, come together into understanding your word and to help us that we may um, grow and we may um, um, increase the knowledge of the wisdom of God through his word and help us Lord this time uh, as we remember uh, the day that you rose from the grave and it was such a great blessing uh, to this world not just in our present world but even in the past and even in the future um, what you have done what you have brought to the cross of Calvary um, would be a great blessing and ultimate um, redemption of souls to all. Lord, um, bless our, our service and also bless the churches uh, who believe in your name, uh, those um, uh, churches, Lord, that preach uh, faithfully your word. I pray, O God, that you will also give them victory uh, as you have given us victory already. Bless all of us this um, morning in this place. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Keeping the word of life in the heart. And um, there are two places that we are going to see this. And all throughout this week, we listen to the preaching about the word of life. And we are full with that. We have uh, so much, uh, you know, encouragement that's already uh, placed by God in our heart. And we have, uh, you know... Um, been given by the Lord that such a marvelous blessings. We are not so prepared for this kind. I know that uh, many of us, we just many of you, maybe just decided uh, to the last minute that you will join. Um, many of us have, uh, you know, uh, tried really to to uh, come up with the demand that we need to come together, prepare your bed sheets and prepare your, everything, your toiletries, your, your toothbrush and your your um, shampoo, your everything, and uh, Bibles and your clothes. So again, no one is really prepared for this, but I trust that um, with, with the Spirit of God in the midst of us, it was all well. You know, there's no problem. And um, again, God has blessed us with protection here. Uh, we have, I, I was concerned about the basketball. I was really concerned about the basketball because uh, it, there is this big timber that that is really very close to the pole, uh, to, the, to, the, uh, to the post. And you know basketball, you just, you know, um, have this movement that sometimes you cannot 
uh, you, you cannot really um, stop yourself when you are um, in the run or something and then you might bump yourself into the um, wood. Uh, I was really concerned there. So, but I pray that the Lord will give us the um, protection and safety of the players and praise God. Um, again, the Lord is the one that protects all of you, uh, that we don't have uh, injuries. And, and, and we trust that the Lord really was pleased with our activity. And that is why uh, all these things, you know, we just entrust in the hearts of God. Uh, this is better than we are all prepared and everything is from in, uh, in order and arranged. And then one injury will happen and that will ruin it all. And, and we have children running around. We have small kids. And that, that is, that is um, you know, a hazard. Uh, because um, no one can really, um, um, you know, um, put everyone in safety unless yeah, the Lord will be the one um, providing us that safety. So again, the messages of the Word of God is well explained and um, expounded, and we we delved into that, and we were blessed by the messages holding forth the Word of Life. And again, the the word here that we the phrase, it's just, you know, um, it, came, it came to me, I think, three weeks ago. And even myself, I just gave it to Pastor Howell, this is our thing, and uh, Pastor just worked around it. And, okay, I will, I will look for messages for that. I will, uh, I will, I will uh, prepare messages. I will be ready by the time. And it was short notice, I believe. But again, uh, Pastor Howell was more than willing uh, to help us out. But this uh, phrase here is a very beautiful phrase. Holding forth the word of life in verse number 16. The word of life, I believe, is, in my own opinion, I don't know it's correct, that this is the, the, the sum total of the word of God. Because this is including our, you know, uh, saturating our mind of the word of God plus the mixture of faith and practice. And that comprised that, um, the word of life that God has given to us. And the word of God is the one that will help us um, in every aspect of our lives. Whether you are single or married, whether you are young or um, an elderly, you need the word of God. We Amen. Cannot, we cannot, you know, retire from the word of God yep. until we die. While we are here on this earth, we need the Word of God. And this is what Jesus Christ said, A man shall not live by bread alone. You go for work, and you think you have a secure job, and you are, you are free from uh, you know, uh, problems in life? No. It's not a guarantee, no matter how much money you have, it's not a guarantee that you are free from stress. You are free from problems. The more money you have, the more problems you will face. The more uh, properties you have, the more stress that you can have too. But again, we have the Word of God. And it is told in many different ways. In the book of Psalm chapter 19, verse number 1 to 16, over there you can find how the psalmist um, um, wrote about and described what is the Word of God. And there's a lot there in the book of Psalm chapter 19, 119. Uh, we find the writer describe the Word of God as God's testimony in verse number 2. And go there, in verse number 2, he said, 
Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. And in verse number verse number four, he calls the word of God his precepts. And in verse number um, verse number five, he calls the word of God the statutes. In verse number six, he called he calls the word of God the commandments. And verse number seven, he calls the word of God the judgments. All these words are gathered up, building up for verse number eleven. Verse number eleven it says, "Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee." All of this, testimonies, precepts, statutes, commandments, judgments, comprise the word of God, and it comprises the word of God. And this is the word that we need to hide in our heart. Hide it. Do not leave it in the open. Hide it in your heart. Do not leave the word of God, you know, there in the um in the, in your in your in your lounges. Do not leave the word of God in your cars. Yep. Do not leave the word of God anywhere. Yep. Hide it in your heart. Yep. Meditate and read yep. and read and read and read. David has this longing in his heart. He has a longing to please God. And you know what he did? You know, it's the word of God. It's the thing. Because, you know, there's no way you can please God without the word of God. Amen. That is why he, he consumed his time. And he consumed his, all his effort. And he has this passion in the sight of God to be holy. And despite that, he was not holy. He did a lot of bad things that you and I could not imagine he did. First, he, he, he murdered Uriah, the husband of Bathsheba. And then he took Bathsheba. He took Bathsheba first and then murdered Uriah. And then Bathsheba became a widow. And when Bathsheba became a widow, he took Bathsheba to be his wife. But he was the one who killed Uriah. That is the kind of person that, you know, David was. And he was not happy with that. And he... he he acknowledged his sin and he said to um, uh, Nathan, because Nathan the prophet went to him and confronted him with the sin. But Nathan the prophet was very subtle. He went to David as if that he was reporting a, a heinous crime that happened in the city. And Nathan said to King David, King David, there is this great um, rich, rich man in this city. This rich man uh, he had all these cattle and all these uh, livestock, and there was also this poor, poor person. He only has one new land, but this rich man grabbed that one new land and offered it and killed it and offered it to his friends, and he killed this poor man after taking the new land. And David, in his anger, he was enraged, and he said. As the Lord God liveth, that man shall surely die. And Nathan said to him, Thou art the man, King David. You are that person. You took Bathsheba. You killed Uriah. <coughs> Uriah was a poor guy. You have a lot of wives. Why are you taking Bathsheba? And David, upon hearing that, you know, the man of God, Nathan, was really courageous there. He could be killed by David to hide the sin. But you know, David is known of hiding his sin. 
But in Psalm 50, 51, uh, Psalm 51, notice what happened to David here. He admitted the sin. He took the blame. He did not refuse to take the blame. He, he, he took the blame upon himself and he, he acknowledged his sin before God and asked God for forgiveness. That is the kind of man David was. Notice up here in verse number uh, uh, 1, down to verse number um, 10. He said, Have mercy upon me, O God. This is the moment when he sinned against uh, Bathsheba and killed Uriah. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight. That thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in thy one parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide me, or hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He acknowledged all of the things. He did not hide his sin anymore. And that is why this is the beginning of his downfall that the Lord, you know, uh, stirred up the hearts of the people against David. And also um, uh, Absalom. Eventually Absalom rebelled and revolted and wanted him killed. You see, David had this longing for God. He had this longing to please God. He has this consuming passion to be holy. He wants God to deliver him from his sin because he has a lot. He has a lot of sin. You know what, my friend? This really, uh, you know, uh, uh, encourage me. You know, when, uh, when I meet a person like a, uh, a person that have killed someone, murder, or a person that is a prostitute, a person that is, you know, even a gay person, they are deep in their sin. And our test, looking at this, what David has done is no lesser of. Uh, gravity of whatever sin that has been done in this world. And yet the Lord forgave him. And I believe the Lord also will forgive these people. Amen. That is why I, I approach them, you know, if they will accept the, the gospel, if they will accept the Lord, that is, you know, a blessing. It is, um, a, you know, a blessing from the Lord. But if these people will reject, no, I will not condemn them. Because maybe sometime in the future the Lord will visit them again. <laughs> I will not condemn them until God will condemn them. Until they will end up in a place where they should not be. That is why, my friend, I have a different approach. Uh, I, I, I know I have a lot of friends in, in, the, in the Baptist uh, circle that they hated the sin and that they condemn these people and they wish these people to go to hell. I'm not like that. Because before I got saved, I was also wicked. If I will treat these people like that, what about way back in 19, I mean, 1992, 1993, when I was in the height of my sin? 
and the Lord did not save me, and I died over there. Then I will perish and go to hell, and then uh, 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 in agony for all eternity. Praise God that I did not die in those times. Amen. And I got a chance that that, that is why we will give all people a chance. These sinners that we meet every day, let us not condemn them until God will condemn them. Yeah. Let's wait for God to condemn them, but do not pray for your condemnation because um, that is not our part. Yeah. Our part in this world is to be witnesses, not yeah. judges. You stand the witness stand. Do not sit in the judgment seat. It's not your part. So it is not our part to judge people. They have your problems with God. You have your problems with God too. I have my problems with God. So let's face our own problems with God. Those people that are sinning in this world, those people that are sinning against people, let God deal with them. But we will not add to their condemnation because that is not our part. You see, we have this longing. David has this longing. Everyone has this longing to please God. We have this longing. That is why, you know, as much as possible, you know, I, I cannot be as holy as I wanted to be. But at least we have church services, Lord. This is the only way I can do. This is the only thing I can do, Lord. I, I will try my best to be faithful in your service. I will try my best, Lord, because I cannot be holy. I cannot do the things those other, other um, uh, people who were successful in their Christian life because they, they, are, they are giving themselves to you. They have they've off, offered their lives to you. And I cannot offer the way they offer their lives to you. But Lord, I can do this little thing. I can be in the services um, whenever um, the church is open. And that is only my commitment to the Lord. I committed myself to God. And again, uh, sometimes we fail, but we have that desire. David has that longing. David has the desire to please God. He has the desire to be delivered from sin of every form and every shape. He wants that sin to be blotted out. He wants, has nothing to do with that sin. But probably with that sin, it sticks in his soul. And there's no way that he can take that sin out of him until God came. Wash me with thy soul, and I shall be clean. So in other words, he's depending upon the Lord for cleaning, cleansing her. Because he cannot do it of his, of his own. Yep. My friend, you cannot cleanse yourself of your own. Yep. Run to God and ask Him to cleanse you. Because He is the one that is able. Our God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to His power in the Lord Jesus Christ. Surely, again... The desire of David is supposed to be our own desire too. It should be every child of God's desire. Do we long to please God? Do you really desire to please God in your life? Do you really desire to live a Christ-like Christ -like life? So that God will be glorified in you? I believe many of us do. But how is this possible, Pastor? How is this possible? Now, we have a key verse in, in Psalm chapter 119 and verse number 11. This is our uh, the place where um, we can see the word of life. And in this book, God is telling us that we have three things that we can discover this morning. First of all, it is described here as a specially important book. It starts with the words, Thy word. Thy word. 
My friend, in this world, we have so many wonderful books. We have so many beautiful books written in this world. But the Word of God is supreme about it all. Amen. The Word of God is unique. Yep. And the Word of God is totally different from every other yep. book. Combine all the books in this world. Yep. It cannot compare yep. to the power that is in the Word of God. You see? These two words here, the first two words, thy word, indicate that that word, that book, is originating from God. Yep. It is God who originates. Yep. Therefore, we have this author of this book that promotes this book, the Bible. Where does the word come from? Where does the Bible come from, my friend? It comes from God Himself. Amen. As the psalmist tells us, Thy word. So it's not your word. It's not Apostle Peter's writing. It's not Apostle Paul's writing. It's not David. I mean, uh, David. It's not um, King, um, 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 Moses. Moses who penned the words from, from the Pentateuch, which are five books of Pinta, means five. Pentateuch is the five books of the Old Testament, uh, the book of Genesis, Exodus, uh, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. These five books were written by Moses, but it's not originated by Moses. Yep. It is God yep. who originated the word. Of course, God used 45 or 40 or 45 writers of um, the Bible. He employed them from compiling it. And there are about uh, um, it was about 1,600 years of, make, of the making. And all of these writers were writing in different times, different, different aspects there. But, wow, at the end of this canon of Scripture, it came out with an absolute unity in topics and every aspect that they talk about. And when they question, wow, this writer has no idea what this writer is going to write. And this person lived in different time, different place, and they are far from each other. And all of them, 45 of them, you know, uh, um, have written a lot of topics and a lot of aspects. And all of this canon of scripture combined, put together, they have absolute unity. And how can this, can this be happening? How, how can this be happening? How could we account the Bible? We have that question. The Apostle Peter has the answer. Apostle Peter answered that statement of fact in, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 21. How could this happen? Apostle Peter answered that and said, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. You see, it was God. It was God was the one behind the writing of the Word of God. The Word of God is inspired. By that we mean it's not green. In other words, the, 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 the Lord, the Lord was the one that directed these writers to write this word. And when when it is, you know, already in there, the Lord purified this word. In Psalm chapter. Um, 12 verse number 6 Psalm chapter 12 verse number 6 Thy words 
the words of the Lord are pure words. A sovereign tribe in the furnace of earth purified seven times. The Lord made that happen. The Lord breathed the word. And these writers pinned the words. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, Amen. for reproof, yep. for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Yep. My friend, it is coming from God, it is inspired yep. by God, yep. breathed yep. by God. And then we have the Bible today. Yep. You see, the source and the author of the Bible is God. Yep. Why we need to keep this word of life into our heart is because of its origin. It's because of its source. Yeah. Why we need to keep this word in our heart? Because of its stability. Very reliable. The Bible is absolutely up to date. Even though it was written millennia ago. It was written thousands of years ago. You write a book today? You might revise it next week because it's going to be obsolete. Some of them. A lot of books. I do not know how many people, you know, uh, compile books uh, of, um, you know, uh, programming, computer programming. 1990s, there's a lot of books about computer programming. I do not know if you can use one of those. Today. It's gone, finished, obsolete, useless. But the Word of God, thousands of years yep. ago, were written yep. by different men and still yep. you know, useful today. Yep. And in fact, um, we can rely on it until today. It is very stable. Man's book cannot be you know, relied upon, yep. but God's book. Is very, Amen. very stable. Man's writings are always needing to be revised, but the word of life never. Look up in, in Psalm 119, verse number 89. Psalm 119, verse number 89. Uh, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Forever. What's the word forever? Before the, the word of God, you know, was pinned by men of God. The word of God was already there in heaven. It's just spent in those times. But it was already in existence in heaven. Sometimes you don't understand that. But you have to understand this. You know, the, the, this Bible that I'm holding in my hand, this is the word of God. This is the written word of God. Yep. But the real word of God is the Lord Jesus Christ, the yep. living word of God. Yep. He is in existence way before his yep. birthday. The Lord Jesus Christ was in existence. And we have here the Word of God searching the Scriptures in John 5, verse 39. Searching the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. For they are they which testify of me. The entire book of the Bible, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, it speaks about the Lord Jesus Christ. They are they which testify of Christ. That is why we are advised to search the Scripture. Search it. How many times we read the Bible a day? I hope that you do. It's sad if you are if you are um, belonging to Bible Baptist Church, but does not read the Bible. 
member of Bible Baptist Church but does not understand the Baptist Bible Baptist Church but does not come to church. <laughs> you see, the BBC, Bible Baptist Church. You have the Bible, you have the Baptist, you have the church. You have the Bible but you do not read your Bible. You have the Baptist but you do not understand what Baptist is all about. You have a church but you don't come. My friend, here God is telling us that the Word of God is, you know, um, the, the one that will endure forever. Yep. In in First Peter chapter one verse twenty four, all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. That grass wither, you enjoy the success successes that you have you enjoy the accolades you enjoy the the the, the achievements that you have accomplished you enjoy the trophies in life you enjoy the certificates in your world you enjoy all those accomplishments but my friend time will come that they will wither away why because those accomplishments that you know, the, the only destination of those accomplishments is at the dome. You see, attorney so-and-so, born on this day, died on this day. Jimmy Brown, so-and-so, born, and, um, uh, 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 you know, uh, um, <coughs> professor so-and-so, it's only on the dome. After that, no one remembers. Who remembers in 1950s a professor from Harvard, the greatest professor of Harvard? No one. No one remembers him. This is what the Bible says. Look at this. First Peter chapter 1, verse 24. All flesh is as grass, and the glory of man is holding in the tomb. Professor so and so. Glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth. That's a problem. The grass withereth. And the flower thereof falleth away. But notice this. If you are this person, my friend, in verse number 25, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. When you have Jesus Christ, when you receive Jesus Christ in your heart, because you understand the word of God, you will endure forever. Amen. You will endure yep. for all eternity. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. You see, because God is the author of the Bible, because God is the um, is the uh, origin of the Bible, therefore the Bible has authority. Yep. Therefore the Bible is reliable. Yep. And the Bible is accurate. Yep. When God says that He's coming, yep. expect that He's going to come. Yep. Because the Bible said so. You see, why we need to put this word in our heart because of its source. Why we need to place the Bible in our heart is because it is stable. Why we need to put this Bible in our heart, the word of God in our life, because it is sufficient. Yep. It is sufficient. The Bible contains all we need 
for faith and practice. You, you, you do not know how to go to heaven, it's in the Bible. Yep. You do not know how to solve your problem, it's in the Bible. Yep. You do not know, you know, uh, things uh, how, how are you going to raise your children, it's in the Bible. Everything is in the Bible, but sad to say, we put the Bible aside and we live our life without the Word of God. And Jesus Christ already told us that man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word is proceeding out from the mouth of the Lord. Amen. The Bible is our source of guidance. The yep. Bible is our source of wisdom from heaven. That is why we are encouraged to you know, hide the Bible. Hide the word of life in your where? Your heart. That is why we have this second point. Um, we have a special important place to hide this word. Where is this place? David has this place. It was not hidden in a cupboard or a drawer. The word of God was not hid, um, stored, stored up somewhere else, but the word of God was stored up in his life, in his own heart. The same thing that we do today. We have to store the word of God in our heart. Yep. Store it in the, in the you know, uh, the, the Bible tells us here, or David placed the word of God at the very special place of his life. And there's no other place that will let us out. That is the place where we have to, um, to store the word of God. <coughs> and again, we understand that David in those times, he doesn't have the New Testament. What he had was the, the Pentateuch perhaps. He has the five books of Moses and, and perhaps other historical books and, and some prophetical books. But he advised us to put and hide this word into our heart. The Bible should be found in our heart. We must take it in our hand. We must get this into our head. And we must hide it into our heart. How to, how to eventually place the Bible into our heart? There are three steps that um, David was mentioning here. First, we have to take the Bible into our hand. That is to say, you have to have your own Bible. You have to have your own reliable Bible. Me, before, I had this New Testament. New Testament, this thing, but small. Small Bible. And it's ripped already, ripped to the side, and the cover is falling, falling off. And, and a lot of scribble. I cannot let go of the Bible. The reason why? I already put a lot of notes there. I cannot change my Bible. I was stuck to that Bible. So I regret, you know, I should have bought the Bible, the best Bibles uh, at the beginning, so that I don't have to replace it. But now it's ripped, you know, it's, it's falling apart. So I realized I need a new Bible. So I had to say goodbye to that little New Testament Bible. I had all the preaching, uh, the, pre the, the preachers that I went to the conferences or the camps or, or, or congresses, the preachers that I am blessed about their preaching, I have them sign in my Bible to remember them. And then uh, I have to replace my Bible. That is why um, in 2000, I think 2012, 2011, I have this new Bible. Reliable, you know, solid, um, cover. And this this helps me. I don't have to change Bible you know, uh, every time because this Bible can last longer. Maybe it can last my lifetime. So at least I don't have to change Bible now. 
So you must have in your hand a good, you know, well-bounded and, and, and good print Bible. And that Bible, treasure it. Treasure that Bible. Yep. Love your Bible. Yep. That is the first step. You must have a good Bible in your hand. And secondly, we must get it in our hand. Yep. Get it to your hand. Yep. This means that we have to read it. Yep. Learn it and yep. inwardly digest it. And we must do it regularly. You know, Amen. I have here in my Bible commitment to read. I have this. I put like a, a, a packet here. I can pull this out like that. I I printed um, a plan of reading uh, January, February, March, April, May, June, and all that. And then here in January, uh, January 1, I will read Genesis chapter, three chapters, Genesis 1 to 3. And then in the morning, in the evening, Matthew chapter 1. And then um, Genesis chapter, uh, January 2, Genesis chapter 4 to 6. Then in the evening, Matthew chapter 2. And uh, January 3, and so on and so forth. I have this here, I pull it out and take it. If I miss, uh, I try to catch up, double the next day. So I put a packet because it's easy. Because before I just read wherever and then it's in random. But now I began to read in sequence. Oh, I, I see the beauty there. I fell in love with, you know, Genesis. A beautiful passage is there of Genesis. And uh, every time I, I get to the I get to the verse, when I get to the verse that really struck me, I underline it. That's why I have here I have here in this Bible um, a ruler or, or um, something that I can use to um, underline it properly. Straight line. Do not underline freehand. Just use a ruler so that it's cleaner. You see, my friend, that helped me. That helps me a lot. And I begin to meditate those words. Oh, it's just, it warms my heart. It's Amen. Really, uh, you know, a beautiful, beautiful passage of scripture. Yep. We're not like uh, reading and reading for the sake of reading and then tick the box. Yep. Oh, thank God I finished that. No. Meditate it. Yep. See what word there that, you know, um, strikes your heart. Yep. We must get it into our head. Yep. How? Read it. Keep on reading it Amen. and reading it and reading it. Amen. You see? And while we read it, we ask the Lord, Lord, show me the verse that you want to speak to me. That is what the psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse number 18. Psalm 119, verse 18. Open thou mine eyes. My friend, this book is a spiritual book. And this book cannot be understood by a natural mind. No matter how brilliant you are, no matter what's your educational background, you cannot understand this book because this is spiritual book. The Bible says it can only be understood spiritually. It can only be discerned spiritually. So here, the psalmist said, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. 
I told you already, I read that whole chapter or whole book of Genesis many times. But when I began to do this and underline, you know what I did? I underlined that. Let, let, let it get it go and let it keep on going. And then time, there, there are times that I go back, I, I check only those I underlined. And look at those words again underlined. Wow, it warms my heart. Yep. That is meditation. When you think and, and, and uh, think deeper into what God has said. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things. There are wonderful things in the Word of God. Yep. A lot of wonderful things. The Bible must not only be in our head. The Bible must also be hidden in our heart. Amen. You have to hide it. And then once it is there, I will tell you, the Word of God that is I know, hidden in your heart, the Word of God that is hidden in the heart will manage your hands. You will have, you know, your hands will act according to what's in your heart. Your mouth <coughs> will speak according to what's in your heart. Yep. The control center is right there in your yep. heart. Saturate the control center with the Word of God. Yep. It comes out of your mouth. Yep. That is why the, Jesus Christ said, for what uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Yep, that's right. Why people curse? Why why people cuss? Why people say bad words? Because they saturate their heart with bad words. Yep. It comes out of their mouth. I, I you know, looking at the basketball yesterday, oh what will happen if some of our men will cuss? <laughs> Some of our men will, will swear. Because you cannot avoid it. People hide those in their heart, it will come out. Yep. Whatever you watch in the television, be careful because it will be stored in your heart, it will come out. Your yep, heart. that's right. You see, we must hide it in our heart. How are we to do this? How? Reading the Bible gets the word into our head. But meditating the word, meditating gets them into our heart. Psalm 119, verse number 15. Psalm 119, verse 15. The Bible says, I will meditate in thy presence and have respect unto thy ways. Meditate. Psalm, Psalm, uh, Psalm chapter 1, verse number 2. Psalm chapter 1, verse number 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not weather, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Joshua chapter 1, verse number 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate in it day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt have, or thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You know the common verse, and the common word that they speak here is meditate. Meditate, 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 yep. meditate in the word yep. of God. Hide it in your heart. Yep. Once it is hidden in your heart, no one can take it away. No one can take it away. So hide the word of God in your life. Why? There's a reason why. We have an important reason that I might not sin against God. 
That is the purpose why we need to stack this up in our, in our heart. That is the purpose why we need to saturate our life. Psalm 119, verse number 11 again. Psalm 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart. For what reason? That I might not sin against thee. David tells us that the reason he hid God's word in his heart so that he might avoid that sin. He doesn't need that sin. You do not need that sin. I do not need that sin. In order for us to keep away from that sin, hide the word of God. Someone told us before, the Bible will keep you away from sin. Or sin will keep you away from the Bible. Yep. Either or. Yep. Either way. So we have an important reason so that we will be away from sin. In other words, the psalmist say here that the word of God hidden in the heart has a sanctifying effect upon his life. There is a sanctifying effect. What is sanctified? The word sanctified is to be separated. We are separated from the world to the Lord. We are separated for God. Our life will be for God. Our actions will be for God. Our activities will be for God. We come to church, it's for God, for sure. But even we go to work, the next day, it's for God. We, 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 we obey commands from our supervisors, from our um, boss. Again, that is for God. We work for them, it's not really for them, it's for God. John 17, verse number 14. This is the effect of the word of God. The Bible says, I have given them thy word, and thou and the world hated them. Because they are not of the world. Even as I am not of the world, I pray that thou that shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Who can sanctify, who can separate us from, from, from the world? It's the word of God. We have no word of God. You are soaked into the world. Yep. You love the things the world loves. Yep. You will watch the movies of the world. Yep. You will listen to the music of the world. Yep. You will enjoy the things that the world enjoys. Yep. Why? Because you are soaked into the world. You yep. are soaked in the word of God. Yep. If you soak yourself in the word of God, you have no pleasure. In this That's right. That is the effect. The word of God has a sanctifying effect in your life. Today, the world celebrates Easter. But we know in our Bible, our Bible tells us that this is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the resurrection. I will tell you, that resurrection is the great deal. Yep. It is far above anything else. Yep. It is much yep. better than my baptism. Yep. It is much better than this church. Yep. It is much better than the whole world itself. Yep. Because that so, I know resurrection is it is called the um, the epitome of the believer's victory. Yep. That one alone can stand alone. It is because of the resurrection that we exist. Yep. You know here, notice how Apostle Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 12. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, 
how say among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain? Yeah. And your faith is is also vain. Yeah. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom yeah. He raised not up. If yeah. so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Yeah. You are yet in your sins. Yeah. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Yeah. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Yeah. But the story does not end there. Amen. Verse number 20, but now is Christ yep. risen from the dead Amen. and become the first fruits of them that slept. Praise the Lord that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. Amen. Amen. And that is the victory. My friend, the resurrection is very important. Without the resurrection, we have no reason why we come here. Yep. We have no reason why we have to come. It's a waste of money. It's a yep. waste of time. But because there is resurrection. Amen. We have a bright hope for the future. Amen. Someday I will die. Someday you will die. But because of resurrection, you will be raised again too. Amen. You see that? How important is this resurrection day? Very important. And everything is anchored to this. All of Christendom is anchored to this resurrection. Because if Jesus Christ did not rise from the grave, and we believe in Him, we are of all men most miserable. We better go back and plant potato. Yep. But because Jesus Christ rose from the grave. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go fishing. <laughs> but that is the reason. Why we rejoice? Why we are so glad? Why I'm happy to come to church? Why I'm happy to sacrifice? Why I'm happy to bring my children, bring everyone that I know to the church? Because of resurrection. Amen. Because we have victory in Him. You see, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is the epitome of this great victory. The perfect embodiment of triumph. Successes, whatever it is, it is all in the resurrection. That is the truth that can sustain Christian faith. And no one can erase that. Christian faith will remain because of resurrection. Yep. How important is that? Now, how does the Bible produce sanctifying effect in our life? If we hide that in our heart, the word of life causes us to recognize that sin. Because that is the very thing that God hates. That is the very thing that sent Jesus Christ to the cross to die because of that sin. Yep. And the word of life will, oh, no, I cannot continue with this. My Savior died for me already. And if I will do this again, it's like, you know, putting the Lord Jesus Christ into shame again. Yep. That is why we Christians, as much as we, we depart from sin, we separate ourselves from sin. 
We don't want to touch any of them thing. Yep. Because we don't want, you know, our Lord Jesus Christ to, you know, to to um, to frown at us. And God will, God hates the sin. Yep. And because of His hatred to the sin, He allows His Son to die at the cross, asking. He said in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, if Thou wilt take this cup from me, but not my will be done, but Thine be done. And He went back to his disciple and found him sleeping up. You know, get up, get up, up. Can you not stay with me for one hour? Then he went back again and prayed the same words. Father, if thou will, take this cup from me. But not my will be done, but thine be done. He went back again to his disciple and found him sleeping again. Get up, get up. Can you not stay with me one hour? Then he went back again and prayed again the same words. Father, if thou wilt, take this cup from me, but not my will be done, but thine be done. He surrendered himself to God. He surrendered himself to God the Father because God the Father saw that this is the only way for the, you know, that where man can be saved from their sins. And right there, in the ultimate moment of his sacrifice, he allowed himself to be hung on that cross. And on that cross, there was this great darkness all over the world. Great darkness that scientists could not explain. At around midday, 12 o'clock, high noon, just like maybe this moment, there was this great darkness. No one can explain. And Jesus Christ right there, already lonely, his disciples left him. His relatives left him. Everyone, you know, uh, spat at him and, and, and hated him. He was so lonely. The only consolation of Jesus Christ is his father. And with that consolation, that lone consolation that is that his father. But at that cross, at that moment, he was also left by his father. And he cried, Ele, Ele, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? He cried aloud. Notice this. One thousand years before he died on the cross, the Bible already wrote what he's going to say at the cross. Yep. You see that? Psalm 22. This Psalm 22 was written 1,000 years before his birth. But exactly what came out of his mouth was written in the, in, the, in the Bible. Psalm 22. He said, verse number 1, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? From the words of my roaring, oh my God, I cry in the daytime. But thou hearest not, and in the night season I am not silent. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee and were delivered. 
they trusted in thee and were not confounded. But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted in the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb, and thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have compassed me, strong bulls of passion have beset me round. They gave upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. And thou hast brought me unto the dust of death, for dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. What is that? The Lord Jesus Christ, with an agony of the cross, he allowed himself to suffer that painful, painful ordeal. It's not because of his sin. Because he has no sin. Yep. It is because of your sin and mine yep. that he suffered. That is why, my friend, when we look at this, what God has done, and we commit this sin, oh, it will deal into our heart and will speak to us, oh, that sin, God hated it. That sin, God hated it. That's right. And because of that conviction, out from the Word of God, in our own little way, we escape from that sin. By the grace of God, we, we, we ask God, Lord, please, do not allow me to commit that sin. Please, Lord, keep me away from sin. I remember James, when, when he prayed, he said, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast. That thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not hurt me. And God answered he doesn't want evil in his life. He doesn't want evil to be a part of his you know, daily walk. He doesn't want evil. Why? Because of the conviction of the word of God. We will not allow evil in our own way of life. The word of life causes us to recognize sin. The word of life makes us hate sin. Yep. The word of life leads us to turn from yep. sin. The yep. word of life points us to the one was made an end of all that sin. Yep. The Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, notice how, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 the blessing of this uh, winning against sin in verse number um, verse number 55, he said, Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are free from the, um, you know, our defeat of sin. And here, the words of life will lead us to the one 
to save us from our sin. Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And in, in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 15, verse number 20, but now is, uh, is Christ risen from the dead and became, become the first fruits of them that's slept. My friend, this wonderful word of life will help us in every circumstance that we are going through in life. The word of life that we have is the instrument the Holy Spirit uses to do His work of sanctification, to do His work of, you know, regeneration for those people who are not saved, and will lead us into glorification. But you have to stick to the word of life. You have to stick to where God um, wants you to saturate your heart in the word of God. My friend, love the Bible. Love the preaching of the word of God. Love the, uh, the things that God loves. And then you will find it later. That no, you will have no desire of anything Satan offers to you. It's power and prayer. Our Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for the blessing that you have given to us, O oh God. Lord, thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, that we can saturate our hearts and minds through your word and bless your people. And continue, Lord, to speak to us. Because we need your word. Every day we need you, Lord. We need thee every hour. We need you every day. Lord, I pray that all of us will have that longing, will have that craving in our soul to listen and to hear and to meditate upon your word. Because that is the food for our soul. Bless Lord your people and thank you Lord for the blessing that you have given to us. Thank you for all our visitors this morning. Thank you for the faithful men and women of our church. Thank you for everyone Lord that have come to our service this morning. We commit to you Lord um, our, our, um, the remainder of the day and we commit to you the 